Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 206. Today's episode begins a new arc in our series, Echoes of Invasion. Set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. This is Catching Up. At the start of summer, Chicken had my welcome Catch into Esperin Forest for a research meeting with Thrandalo. A careless mistake puts Catchin's life into Hepa's hands, and soon the whole forest is endangered. The battle for Esperin has begun. This arc contains spoilers for the Battle for Westnoth campaign's Eastern Invasion and Northern Rebirth. For the story up to this point, visit our website, DiceyStories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. So you guys had a couple months at home after the, the staff scandal. You were able to kick back and, I was going to say, learn your trades. However, certain people would object that they don't actually have trades. Trick, you seem to have accepted that you are a scout with a rangery bent. Uh, you know, ranger. You want to embrace the term ranger now? I think I think Trick embraces the term ranger, but he goes out as part of a scouting party. Okay, that's fine. Scouting with a lowercase s. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I mean, Renwick, border guard, we also use the generic term scout to refer to him, but he doesn't have a pony. No. He's got the bandana imposing demeanor. Imposing slash oof. You have to buy him a beer to get him to do anything for you. Which is more likely now because of the there's a little bit of trade going on from the eastern edge of the forest because Connie and Marvin have been acquiring brewing materials and uh, trading brewed materials. Ranger shots! <laughs> Mary Ellen the Carter is the one that like has been doing the transportation for them. So during the couple months that remained of spring, you guys... I had an opportunity to catch up with her if you wanted to. Um, Might want to tell her to lay low in South Tower. And she's focusing now more on doing this carting business because it's actually much nicer to be above ground than in the tunnels. Oh, yeah, I agree. Do you want to be any more explicit in your warning or do you want to make a streetwise check to deliver this warning? I can make a streetwise check. Okay, we'll set that at two purples. Three successes and two threats. Okay, those two threats... She knows that you have something to do with why it is not a good idea for her to be there. Yes, but do you want to know more? <laughs> <laughs> she will heed your warning, but... Well, just for, a, you know, another season or so. There, there may be, like, some reputational issues for Trick. Yeah, but she might end up owing me a favor later, so who knows? It's possible. But there might be some of the underworld, you know. That elf guy. So that is the outcome of that. Hepa, did you want to talk with Breda? You had said you might seek out advice from her. Yeah, I think I do want to talk to Breda. I'm trying to remember what exactly I wanted to ask her about. If you Dating a human, maybe? Hepa is curious, just to see if she can find somebody that can give her advice. So there was some stuff between dating Trick's parents. So I think that might have spawned some of the questions she Uh, has. That makes sense. You know what, maybe she just basically like, what do you think about dating humans? 
Or have you ever dated a human, maybe? Or oh. is dating a word that we use in this culture? You ever partnered with? It's whatever is easier for you as players to use. Like, if you want to use courting or, like, dating or... It doesn't matter, okay. you know? There isn't really a, a dating component to the Battle of Westnoth video game. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you don't have the dating <laughs> expansion. <laughs> so you can use whatever term you want. So, yeah, then I think Heppa will seek Brit out. Does Heppa just, like, come right out with this question, or does she, like, lead into it somehow? I think she's going to lead into it. She's polite, so she's going to be, like, basically the whole formality. Hi, Breda, how are you today? I don't know if you want to roleplay it or if you want to <laughs> me to explain it. I didn't know whether you were going to, like, try to get her to tell you a story first or something like that. Like, she's oh. she is, like, essentially a bard. Um, no, I didn't think about that, but I think Heppa would just be kind of direct into that. Basically, like, can I ask you some stuff about humans? And if she has stories, that's great. The advice doesn't necessarily have to be like, you should do this. She has stories about people having dated humans besides her uncle. Are you going to bring your uncle into this discussion? Oh, yeah. If she has any information about that, I will follow that as well. But will you bring that topic up? Well, she doesn't know how famous... Well... Trick. Okay, so yes. It's, it's something that everybody knows. It's like a famously did something, I'm guessing. So. And Adore was on the council. He was known. Yeah. Well, because it's one of those things where it's like, if she has to explain to Breda, or if it's likely Breda knows, Breda probably figured it out if she knows anything about that. So she might even ask about that if she knows anything about her uncle. So you come in... And yeah. you're like, hey, Breda, can I ask you questions? Do you know much about humans? Like, yeah, yeah. Did you ever date one? My uncle Anador did. Yeah, so I mean... And what was the deal with that? Or I think Heppa could kind of wrap into it. It's not like she has to completely lead into that, but it's easily one of those things Well, oh, okay, and then, oh, but Uncle Anador did blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then at that point, Heppa may not be meaning to manipulate the conversation, but at that point, if Breda knows anything about him, she'll probably continue, you know, did you know him, anything like that. Okay. You know, how guileless All right. Peppa can be and ignorant. When you broach the topic of humans, Breda tells you that there are some humans with stories about them, but humans aren't capable of the same level of great deeds as elves are. They just have such short lives, they can't accomplish as much. You bring up the topic of, like, well, has anybody ever actually, like, courted a human? Yeah. And uh, she does tell you the, that there was this accomplished human. Uh, she thinks the name was something like Talon. He united a bunch of people in the Northlands, further north even than the Great Forest. But uh, as part of all of that, he banded together a whole bunch of, of different species along the way, and that included a group of elves that were helping to, to tame some of the land up there, and one of them ended up marrying him. They did have children, although those children didn't accomplish the same level of great deeds, so she doesn't really know like what further became of that line. So she's doing more okay, so because she's a storyteller, that's why she's focused on the great deeds. Yeah, yeah. And like that's that's kind of like the beginning of the conversation. She does at one point she's kinda of like, I don't actually know whether like those children would even be able to have children. Just because elves and humans, like, well they're you know, physically compatible in many ways. Well, so is a horse and a donkey, but a mule can't have foals. Okay, now Hepa's got a whole new mystery to <laughs> explore. <laughs> like, Trick, would you mind sleeping with this woman so we could see if anything? 
If I must, for science. <laughs> well, I feel like she could use a little bit of her medical knowledge, but if you want to, Tepa's not going to stop you. Tepa starts counting chromosomes. Yeah, so, so Breda, like, that's inf- general information that you have. And then you ask if she ever dated a human... And she said, you know, she's had she's had adventures in her time, and she's certainly enjoyed the company of a human or two, but she never had anything that she would view as a sustained long-term relationship. More dalliances here and there. You know, it's easier for everyone involved. Why is that? Well, because the humans are just going to die in a few decades anyway. Really? You don't want your hearts torn out over and over again. On the other hand, you know, it's not a long-term commitment. And then you're like, well, but... Uncle Anador, and at that point, you're going to need an influence role with Breda to get Breda to tell you anything related to Anador. Looks around. Because, yeah. Checks to see which trees are actually Woses who are listening. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, if she won't tell me something, that's still information, because it's broader than Hepa thought. You know, it could easily just be like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Conspiracy goes deeper. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think, Charm? I'm not going to try to coerce her. Negotiate. Tell me about Uncle Anador. Uh, you can try charm. You're being nice. You're not offering anything. You're just being friendly. Yeah, I'm a, I don't know that Hepa's first thought is to offer things because she doesn't really think in those terms. I think she did with Lala, but she was asking for a thing. So that red, seemed true. Red, purple. She's a bard. She's got presents. She's pretty she cool. She does. But I want to use a story point. She's got plenty. Oh, wait, but I have proper upbringing. I don't know if she counts as polite company, but Peppa will be. This does. Yeah, I'd like to use a story point. All right. Let's see if we can get some information about Anador from somebody. Probably not. Oh. Okay, so I succeed, but it was with five threats. Might be somebody in earshot. But I succeed. I'm very charming about it. Yeah, we are going to be doing something with a threat counter, but I don't think it makes sense to start that just yet. This is still kind of prologue stuff. Your question asking makes it completely apparent that you have a human that you are interested in. Word might have gotten around about this human with the falcon. Yes. I mean, it could be... I don't know if it could lead to a lecture from my mother. I don't know how many threats that's worth. <laughs> <laughs> could be interesting. Okay. I think what we're going to say here is that those threats are enough that your mother gets wind of this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not necessarily that she was one casually walking by during this conversation, but somebody else was and somebody else mentioned it to her. Right, because the two things that Hepa asked about, one is about dating a human, the other is about her uncle, which I don't know if she forbade me from talking about him. Hepa might interpret it that way, because <laughs> I think she was pretty clear that she told you to drop this whole subject. With father, that's what Hepa thought, but... Right. I mean, maybe conveniently... So that's what the threats will be consumed with, and so we'll get to that in a little bit. But for now, you know, Breda gives you some relationship advice, which is, you know, don't let the humans endanger the forest, right? Like, you got always got to keep the forest first in your mind. Like, she had mentioned she's had dalliances with humans, like, on her travels. She adventured a bit in her younger days. That's ideal. Those humans are in some other town or countryside somewhere far away. No threat to the forest there. And, uh... You know, human ways are different from elven ways, and so, you know, you just gotta keep a firm sense of self and uh, make sure they don't change you. But what she didn't say is, don't do that, that's a bad idea. You're correct. (laughs) She did not say that. 
change you okay so i mean Eppa might ask questions like like what or whatever or if she has a story like that she wants to tell about somebody or whatever however she wants to do that but Heppa's happy to have advice from anybody especially when she, it seems like she's not judging right but you you succeeded and you brought up your uncle anador and yeah. so along this topic of don't endanger the forest she's kind of like you know that's a perfect example of what not to do there was contention with these humans moving in and like taking over land that belonged to Estbrin and she does drop her voice a little bit when talking about Andor, so it is clear to you that this is not something that you just go around shouting about. Right. But what she does say is that you got emotionally entangled in with the other side of this conflict, and that was not wise. That is total. There's so much scandal around my uncle. I didn't even around your father. But nobody. Who was going to tell Andor what to do? Like, Volat? No. That would have been the only person he might have even listened to. But Andor was pretty headstrong, is the politest word. Do I know the name Volas? The High Lord of the Council. So if, if you're headstrong, nobody can really tell you what to do. It's my truth <laughs> in <our> culture. <laughs> people might tell you what to do, but in any culture, headstrong individuals choose not to listen to what people tell them to do. But he didn't get him kicked out of the forest, but he died, so I don't know. Like, yeah. He died during the withdrawal when the undead attacked, so... Who knows what the long-term ramifications would have been that all changed when the undead came rolling through. Breda's comments regarding, like, the forest and the dangers to it is a completely different topic from, like, the undead issue. Okay, so it was a conflict of interest is what she's kind of saying. Yes. Okay. The elven presence on the border was to, from some elves' perspective, it was to encourage the humans to move on. Right. In other elves' perspective, it was to come to a peaceable agreement and arrangement. Andor maybe took that view a little too far. <laughs> Meet new people. Okay. Create new people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because she's older and she's well-traveled and she's lived, and I've given her in the past a little bit of a, like, ah, well, that voice. But, in fact, elves do not really... Maybe she adopts that in order That's to true. add an air of authenticity. Yeah, I mean, she's a couple centuries old, but she hasn't right. crossed the line yet into I'm about to die. Right, she's just more settled in her age. Okay. She had her adventuring time when she was younger. It's not like her bones are old and creaky now. It's more like she had those experiences, and now she's enjoying sitting around in the forest, talking to the youngins. Yeah, it sounds like her recommendation is, yeah, have dalliances, but not in the forest. Don't bring humans into the forest. I think that's a yeah, fair Yeah, we're totally not going to do that. Yeah, I think that's a fair interpretation of her viewpoint on this topic. Okay. Trick Manu. Yes. What about you? I know we said that you've been doing rangery, scouty things, but have you also been telling stories? I think a little bit. He's... And have your stories been focused on adventures and fables, or have they been focused on the great deeds of Trick Manu? No, no, no. Trick tries not to talk about himself too much, or at least not make it clear that he's talking about himself. Uh, no, he talks about this vigilante he met, the Falcon. Oh. <laughs> who single-handedly took down an entire gang of thieves, delivered who, them. What sort of audience are you telling this to? Do you have, like, small engagements? Do you talk to little kids? So it's probably, like, whoever is on his, like, scouting party he's okay. with. Because, like, most of the time you spend just, like, sitting around and there's nothing happening. And Dothalus. Okay. Perhaps Redwick, if we're stuck on the same crew together, which is probably likely, and Beowin. 
So Feywin. She might be leading. Okay. Supervising. She's, she's ever vigilant. Okay. So Renwick is the one who's kind of like, how large is his gang? Like, what are we talking? Some squirrels? Like, what? No, a gang of humans. And since uh, I understand you don't know humans as well as I do from multiple perspectives, the humans become desperate when they're, they turn to crime. This gang, they call themselves the rats. You know, if you know, we don't have that many rats here in the forest, in the city, full of rats. Under every rock, rat. Under that rock, there'd be two rats. In a box, rats. More rats. And so Andophilus is like, so these human settlements are completely composed of criminals? Not completely. Although I would say perhaps in every human there's a little criminal. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> uh, but he does describe how the falcon dispatched all of these villains and collapsed an entire house upon them. Then Andalus asks if any actual falcons were involved. Yes, an actual falcon was involved. This vigilante, in order to protect his identity, goes as the falcon. Does he transform into a falcon? No, he has a falcon with him. No, but this is not the falcon. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid, stupid! (laughs) That doesn't even make any sense. (laughs) And how did he collapse the building? Nobody knows. And Beowulf's like, there seems to be a number of things in the story that nobody knows. The falcon is very mysterious. I agree. That's a good point, Beowulf. Would you like to make a charm check? I think this is just a charm check, yeah. This one's going to be three purples because you're dealing with a crowd here. Are they? They're somewhat skeptical, perhaps. You're talking about something that they don't have really a touchstone for. That's true. Yeah. Oh, thieves and humans and... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Failure with two advantages. So they don't buy it. But it sounds like a fun story. But your purpose was not to make them believe a story. That's true. It was to entertain them. Is it that they become guarded about? I mean, I, I have advantages, though. They are not entertained by your story because they are picking it apart in a like tactical sense. They are less interested in the excitement of this tale than they are in the, essentially, what are the dangers of going to a human settlement, right? Yeah, the threat assessment Cause, level. Cause you told Beowen, like, oh, here's a, a safe place to stay in the city. Like, I gave them a ribbon. And then you were like, well, not to say that the city isn't safe. You know, I talked to the captain of the guard and everything. And yeah. now you're telling them this story about, like, all the criminals there and, like, collapsing buildings and things like that. So I would say your reputation is not harmed in any way. You are viewed as Someone somebody... knowledgeable about... Exactly. Knowledgeable about urban human environments. Well, that's just as well. But they do not find you amusing. <sighs> and Dothalus does. He falls asleep. <laughs> as he's prone to do. Soothing. I don't think he falls asleep while you guys are walking around on your... He's your... on his pony. His pony does a lot of covering for him. It does. Milk Toast has like a certain like shimmy that he does to like... Whenever the, whenever the pony hears his name, then it shakes him awake. And here I thought it was the staff that made him go to sleep, but he was just sleeping. He's just a sleepy guy. He's tired. All right. We'll come back to you on your rounds yep. in a moment. A list of things I should be doing, huh? Yeah, well, on top of that list is getting uh, talking to from your mother. Oh, right. Let's see. Where should she approach you? Somewhere where Thrandalil is not around. Yes. This would not be in the house. Okay. At some point, you're probably out in the forest gathering more apothecary-type components, you know, like refreshing your poultice pouch. I do have on my list of things to do to do more research on the runes, too. So I can also do that out. You just do that out and about in the forest? 
I don't dangerous know. inside. Like, because you would be trying to, like, cast through them and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, but also, so I can have those. So it could be okay. either of those things. Let us say that you are doing rune experimentation, and so then my question becomes, which runes do you have with you? There is an emerald ring, which you fixed. There is a ruby ring, which somebody stole and sold you. I guess you guys kind of stole it, too. There is an ice shard, and there is... The Creepy soul, necromancy the soul stone. The soul stone. Yeah, actually all of them. Though I'm not, I'm not gonna be. I'm not planning to experiment with the green one because I don't want to break it again. But I probably just have them all because I'm doing experiments, right? And I'm trying different things to compare them and things like that. So I'll probably just have a pouch of. I don't know how big they are. I assume they're like size of a golf ball. Is kind of what I picture. The ones that were on the staffs, yeah, golf ball size is is probably accurate. If you want to have the purple one with you, you need a social role to okay. for your father to release it to you because that one is he is like actively involved in his research with. Oh, I mean, if he wants to be doing research together, like Hep is happy to do research with him. So if there's any point where he wants to work on stuff together, she's all for that. So if we're looking for a case where she's by herself, then it could be just she's messing around with the ice rune. Okay. Or she's. Okay. She she's really was looking for apothecary things, and then she thought of something with the rune. So it, okay. it, I, I kind of see it blending together. So, But if there's opportunities to do research with her father, she'd love to do that too. Yes, you can, but, you can certainly have spent time doing that. So for the yeah. purposes of when your mother finds you, right. you don't have the purple one. You have the other three. Okay, yeah. Probably mostly working with the ice one. Okay. What would you be doing with the ice crystal? So maybe I'm going to try some of the different effects. Or maybe one of the different effects, however much we want to do, just so that she can kind of get a feel for it. Okay. So actually what I think I'd like to do is, because I can do a barrier type of thing, I think I'm going to try the different types of magic with it instead of the effects. So you are you want to try to make a barrier with it? Yeah, I think she's kind of ex still exploring what the range of magic is okay. like. We'll just have you cast a, a single barrier so that we know whether it's successfully cast and functional when your mother comes into the glade. Oh gosh, hopefully I don't need an ice barrier for my mom. <laughs> At least maybe I'm not attacking her with it. Default barrier is one purple. You are experimenting with the most basic thing here. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and roll your runes with one purple. So I succeed with two advantages. So you do take two strain because you are casting a spell. Right. You have two advantages though, which you can not recover that strain with right but you could use it towards your mother's attitude that might be nice i'm actually doing something magic i don't know if she cares or not but or i'm applying myself to something <laughs> that is obviously a thing okay so you have created a barrier and like i guess it's an ice barrier yeah the barrier does look to be made of ice but it is up to you what that form takes so it could be that you have created like kind of like a coating of ice on you not right. that you can't move or anything right the game mechanic of it is that it essentially gives you extra soak okay so it could take the form of like a sort of ice shield on your arm or it's something that reduces the damage you take so okay if you have an idea for what you want that to look like you could Tell us what Tennessee's. I think I am kind of curious about like 
something that would be close to the skin, especially to see, is it cold? Does it do, you know, that kind of okay. thing. She's, you know, it's a little bit of medicine and stuff. So runes can do barrier, but primal can't. From Peppa's perspective, this is kind of a whole new thing, mm -hmm. or maybe she's not that experienced enough with primal to know that it's not a thing. With this must be in a later semester. I would yeah, have yeah. But I didn't know if it just feels like you just can't do that with primal. I would say Hepa has no mental model. Like, she wouldn't make leaves sprout from herself. Right. Like, you can't do that, of course. So she could try to do, like, a barrier of thorns or something, which... Wouldn't... But it certainly wouldn't be something on your person. Right, but that... Okay, so that would be more of a conjuring of things. So, yeah. yeah. So that may be where she takes this experimentation just to try the different things. I don't know how much of it feels innate or how much of it she's going to learn through experimentation. But anyway, yeah, so she's got her ice So you thing. have coated yourself in rhyme. And she's probably like... <laughs> and you are smacking at it. With a stick, maybe, because that's okay. just to see, like, how much... ka, -ding, ka, -ding, ka -ding. Yeah. And that is what your mother comes out into the glade. You have a coating of ice on you, and you are tapping your arm with a stick and muttering about, like, it doesn't really feel too cold. Yeah. I don't think there's frostbite. It's like, whack. Oh, ow. <laughs> yes. Too hard. But you had those two advantages. Mm -hmm. So instead of Penna coming out and being like, what is going on here? It's more like... What is going on here? Oh, mother. Um, I'm experimenting with this rune shard. Penna doesn't seem too angry, but... She seems surprised. She was probably prepared to be angry, but... She doesn't... I'm trying to think of her really... You know what? Hep is going to be uncharacteristically brave. Would you like to try? This, this is her bravery, is just offering her mother something. <laughs> Penna will accept the crystal from you so that you cannot use it. <laughs> oh, okay. So she, she takes it from you and she's like, yes, uh, I can give this a try after we have a little chat. Okay. I mean, have you tried it before? No, this is more your father's area of interest than mine. And that's what I wish to talk with you about. Your father. The purple shard? No, his brother. <laughs> Squirrel goes skittering away. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. Your father... He was very close to his brother. And he took it poorly when his brother died. Any reminders related to that are liable to be very emotionally damaging. We have shored him up against that. But if you continue to chip away at it, you could ruin him. She still doesn't seem mad, though, right? Right now, she does not seem mad. She accepted the shard. Hepa doesn't know why. She's kind of, like, tapping it against her hand to, like, enumerate her points. Ah, uh, she's also a practitioner of hers. <laughs> Runs in the family, of course. What do you mean by shored him up? Hepa really wants to know the stuff, but I, I'm basically, I'm battling internally of how brave yes. is Hepa versus just, but if she doesn't seem mad, then... So Penna will say that the mind is one of the most fragile organs and that they applied healing magics to him to help stabilize his emotional state. That is what she means when she says shore him up. Because Hepa didn't know you could apply healing magic to 
Yes, this is the first you've, you've heard of any emotional-related healing magic. Which kind of goes back to Sir Martinek. Yes. For Hepha. Okay. She's not going to interrupt her mother. She has a lot more questions. So she says that, and then she says that even just, like, hearing his mother's name could remind him of the tragic loss and could lead to unraveling, like, some of those those healing magics. And... She appreciates that you haven't brought it up again, like, at the dinner table, but she has heard that you are, like, asking around about town, and that could be even worse, because if he happens to, like, stumble upon people talking about Anador when, like, Penna is not around to patch things, then he could have another meltdown. So she says that to you. She, so she says another meltdown? Yes. She's going to attempt to make a leadership check against you. Mm. And this is not, like, going to say you you have to obey me, but it's to, like, help you understand, like, the level of importance of following her instructions, kind of. Right. It could be do it for the family, or if you love your father... So what is your discipline? Two greens. Though I don't know if you want to give her a blue die, because I'm a little afraid of her. Sure. (laughs) Or maybe a lot afraid of her. (laughs) All right, leadership is presence-based. She has two ranks of it. She actually has embraced her uh, counsel roles and responsibilities. She succeeds with two threats. You can interpret that how you want. Essentially, she's telling you, like, for the good of your father, you shouldn't be discussing Anador-related things in town. Right. For his health and for his mental stability. She has two threats here. Do you have any ideas... These know. are her threats. These are right. things that are bad for her. What would be bad for her? These could be things that give you some insight into her. Could it be that she just elaborates a little bit more than she means to? She's never heard of this concept of healing magic unraveling. That is a whole new thing. Or the meltdown, she doesn't know any of the details of that. So from a medicine type of perspective, she's kind of curious about all of that. So... She's going to go into more detail on one of those two things. Do you have a preference on whether it is the health thing or the magic thing? Oh my gosh. Both of them are so juicy. I think the... She doesn't want to be a sorceress. The magic thing. The healing mind, the unraveling, that sort of thing I think she's curious about. Wait, no. Actually, she could probably ask somebody else about unraveling of healing. She can only get information probably about the meltdown from her mother. Okay. So yes, that one. Okay. So... When she said he has a meltdown, you maybe look a little confused as to, like, what does that mean? And she does go a little further into detail. Because I was very... You were, like, you were the same age as Trick. Right. So you were, like, one or two. She describes a little bit how, like, distraught he was. And how he was, like, unable to deal with anything which was particularly dangerous because, like... His brother died, like, in battle, and, like, Thrandalil was there, too, and was also participating in the fight. And so, like, he became, like, a bit of a danger to those around him because, like, people had to defend him and, like, extract him from the situation because he was... Catatonic is not the right word. He was not just, like, sitting there rocking back and forth, but... His um, strain was gone. So gone. (laughs) (laughs) He was, like, double his strain threshold and... Yeah, so, I mean, excessively depressed, but also, like, not responsive. Penna had an infant she had to be taken care of, and essentially, like, she couldn't 
deal with having a second infant on her hands. Someone that she had to prod to even get him just to, like, eat. Right. That he was so, like, bewilderedly lost that it was deemed... Let's see. Your mother, you know, is an ambitious sort. And I'll say what you understand from this is her decisions were made out of expediency. Mm -hmm. While she, like, will play the long-term game to get what she wants, she's not actually patient. Right. She's probably the most impatient elf I know. (laughs) And so when confronted with, like, an easier, faster route, which involved essentially erasing Anador versus, like, the longer, slower, probably more natural and appropriate route of, like, working working through the trauma. Yeah. Like, she went with the, you know, you might say, selfish choice of what will make my life easier. Right. Well, just her meets your brother. What could go wrong? Right. As long as either of our children aren't super curious and ask a lot of questions. So that's what you get in terms of, like, he was grieving. He was grieving a large amount, like... Elves live a very long time, and sudden death, like, death from illness is not a common thing. So it would like, be incredibly tra- much more tragic to... Yeah. Sudden death for elves is always very surprising, unless you're in war and you know people are going to die. But even though there was, like, skirmishes with the humans, the elves were withdrawing back into the forest. Nobody was really expecting that they would be attacked on that withdrawal, and... For all that there was, like, posturing back and forth between the two sides, there wasn't, like, a war footing. So it was shocking, and it was world-shattering for Thranduil. Because Anador, he was very likable, he was very competent. It was a surprise to everybody. So that's what you got from your mom. Okay. There is also this issue of, like, she's going to be frank with you. Mm-hmm. And she's going to tell you, you're a grown elf now, and you are able to make your own choices and your own decisions, but she cannot have you bringing some manor around the house. That is too dangerous for Thrandolo. It will remind him. It will break the conditioning. Which was never a problem before when he came by. Okay. Does <laughs> Heppel want to make like a intelligence check here to understand her mom? Yeah, I can. She said some Manu, right? She did say some Manu. She did not say your cousin Trick. She said some Manu. Oh, okay. You don't have to roll if you think that... It was just sounding like Kevin was going to interpret this as Trick, and that's not what kind of That's what I thought. I was like, Trick, I mean, I can make a roll or whatever, however you think, because... Do you think Kappa is able to understand, or is this too oblique a reference? Based on, like, the discussion at breakfast, it seems like... Hepa needs more concrete language than her mother uses. Her mother talks around things. Her mother is a politician in a lot of ways. Right, right, right. I'm trying to think if this is just Hepa being obtuse or me being obtuse. But I think from Hepa's perspective, I don't think she thinks there's any reason why Trick's mother would come into the forest. But yeah, so I think in Hepa's mind, the only man who she knows that's nearby is Trick. Okay. So Unless she means Alric, but I don't think she knows about Alric. Yeah. So why don't you make a check here? Streetwise? Yeah, maybe it is streetwise. Can you read between the lines here on your mother's... Yeah, because I'm like, all the man... Like, them all? What is... <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll set this at three purples. Okay. What, that terrain person? It's a very mysterious thing, but I don't succeed. So, but I have an advantage. 
So I don't know if I could use the advantage to make it obvious that I don't know what she's talking about or if it's okay. like, because in my mind, she's like telling me not to bring trick by, okay. but didn't right. seem to do anything before. So I think she's confused. Yeah. So, like, so if you're is like it now a problem, like right. you think trick will be a problem now. You ask that question, which makes it clear to Penna that you did not understand her statement. And she'll be like, no, trick is not a problem. Well, not for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> And she says, I know what you were talking with Breda about. Oh. This is why she prefaced it with, you're an adult now and you're free to make your own decisions. So what she is saying is, she does not have any judgments to cast on you consorting right, right, right. with humans. I'm still thinking about Maeve, but you know how to play help is a little... Alric? Yes. She is saying, do not bring your Manu bow to our house. It will upset your father. Because it will remind him <laughs> of his brother's death. Now I'm like processing a little bit about how like all humans kind of are the same. And it's like. She's not objecting to you having any sort of relationship right. with a human. Right, right, right. She is objecting to Tarandula being in a, put in a position where he remembers his brother's death. Right, right, right. Yeah, I get that. I was thinking about like, because in, in Hepa's mind, Ulrich is nothing like Maeve, so it wouldn't be like a. but. She has a lot more experience with both of them, so... She doesn't say any of that. She just says, yes, mother. Okay. And but maybe she's like, I understand. Yes, mother. Okay. You know, just a little bit more polite. Ulrich was like the last place I thought she was going to go. Like, for me, I was like, Maeve? <laughs> I was like listing all the manus I know. <laughs> you don't want Cersei's? Don't our ponies? Our ponies don't wear horseshoes. <laughs> okay. Then she hands you your crystal back and she says carry on with your homework and she leaves she didn't even try it i'm curious what she thought i was gonna what hepa was gonna do like the bravest hepa got was just asking a question she would not be brave enough to attack her mother but clearly she <laughs> approves of this strange other magic you're doing right because it seems like you at least are taking an interest in something <laughs> although maybe she thought that i I had no control over it. Like, if I got upset, I might do, like, not do something, but something might happen. She just didn't want you distracted by it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> You've been listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game and played using Edge Studio's Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized, narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at DelBorovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Westnoth by Matthias Westland, aka West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0 part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience.